bolle 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 Hello, you stumbling ducklings. It's me, Michael Casey, back once again with the Misgroove podcast. Unfortunately, Martin is not on. Un- he's not unable. He is able. No, he's not able. Hold on. What is it? Martin can't be here because he's not well. Or he may have gone to see a film. I don't know. His story changed. Let's jump straight in. How's training been? You're going well? I hope it's going well. Because I've done my knees in. Because I'm 90. Done my knees in because I'm 90. Done my knees in because I'm 90. I'm 90 and I don't have any knees. So I'm training again like it was back when I was in my early 20s, which is like six, seven months ago. Uh, trying to do a little bit of a bodybuilding sort of split, whatever the hell that is. Uh, trying to stay away from lower body stuff uh, for a little bit so that I don't become, I don't do any more damage. And hopefully by the time, like maybe six weeks or so, I won't be detrained because Martin hates that word. Detrained? Is that one word or two words? Fuck it, it's one word. So I'll be fine by maybe November time, but until then, my bench press get a, better get really good. And uh, I want to have triceps for days. Because if you've got triceps, then someone will love you. But ho- hopefully yours has been going well as well. Or maybe you're like my weightlifting friends who have uh, like to turn up half an hour before a session, stand around and stretch. Which is probably something I should have been doing now that I think about it. I really need to book in to see a physio. Yeah, not a great idea not to do that. But enough about my Jameson's Crackers knees. Jameson's Crackers knees. I've not even had a drink. I'm here today to talk to you about the white-naped crane. That took me a couple of runs at. It's a a big old bastard of a bird. Uh, About four foot three tall. About five, six kilos. Uh, pretty endemic to North America. The problem is, because uh, humans as a species, kind of ecological dickheads, uh, not so many of them. They've been around for about six million odd years, and uh, in the past two, three hundred years, we just fucked them. And in that vein, now that will actually come back up, that we've not, that we fucked them, but we didn't fuck them. This just essentially... Somebody's going to... A crane's going to try and fuck somebody at some stage in this story. So, hold on to your cranes. So, as I say, big bird. Four and a half foot odd tall. They're... They look like a crane. Not like a building crane, like a crane crane. Like, just fucking Google it. And as I look at my notes, they don't... They're not actually endemic to America. It's actually northeastern Mongolia, northeastern China, and adjacent areas of southeastern Russia. So, if you ever get uh, sent off to a gulag... You might, if you take a walk for a couple of weeks, you might knock into one, which is fun, I suppose. Do you reckon whenever Lenin and Stalin were sent out, were exiled to Siberia, they ever came in contact with them? Hold on, I'm going to run with that at the end of this. So basically, these birds, they're going out of fashion, but going out of style, going out of existence. They're not having a sale, but hey. So uh, there's a lot. In U.S. zoos, U.S. zoos, U.S. zoos, U.S. zoos, yeah, zoos. Maybe hold on, is there something in that? There's nothing in that. They, the U.S. decided that they wanted to try and help breed these birds to stop them from going extinct. So in the 80s, they took some eggs and hand reared them, 
the problem with that being that these are intelligent creatures and when they come into existence look at who's around them they rock around and think oh yeah I'm one of these human buckos which isn't necessarily a great idea if you're not actually a human bucko you're a crane bucko um, so enter onto our story a, a crane named Walnut Walnut is a bird that lives in the Smithsonian National Zoo and Conservation Biology Institute <laughs> she moved there after she had killed I'm going to say accidentally two previous male suitors which is kind of an issue if you're trying to get the numbers of these creatures back up they you know if one of them thinks it's a human puts and you put a bird that thinks it's a human in with a, two separate birds on occasions she's gonna go who the fuck are you get the fuck away from me you weird feathery bastard so in 2004 she's moved to the smithsonian national zoo and conservation biology institute because she can't be left near other crows or she's gonna kill them whenever they try to have a go at her which can't really blame her you know how does bird consent work the problem being, again, she thinks she's a person. Enter our hero of the story, a gentleman named Chris. He uh, started about the same time as Walnut. He started working at the Institute the same time Walnut turned up. The only issue being that uh, as he looked after Walnut in the day-to-day, she took a little bit of a shine to him. Love a little bit of a shine. At which point, um, he... Th- then had to well essentially now chris is married to the bird <clears throat> he's married to her um mainly because she started doing mating dances at him and they need to get the numbers of these birds back up so for the sake of ease to aid the artificial insemination he goes in every once in a while she does the mating dance towards him he does the mating dance towards her. And by that, I mean he stands up. I've seen the video of it. He stands up and flappids his arms about. Then he will give her branches and twigs and help her make a nest for the eggs. They then artificially inseminate her without having to restrain her because she's all game for your boy, Chris. Uh, he then... They then have... If any of the eggs are actually fertilized, they take those away. Um, they incubate them, hatch the chicks, and then give the chicks to other cranes who know how to deal. They know that they're cranes. They're walking around going, yeah, no, I can fly, motherfucker. <laughs> flap, flap, bitch. So they put fake eggs in with walnut for her to incubate. The only problem is then because they're in a bonded pair, technically, Chris has to watch over the eggs or she's going to get pretty miffed. So if you ever thought your job was relatively pointless or what aspects of your job were pointless, think of Chris, who has to guard plastic eggs for a crane so that he doesn't get a divorce from a bird. But divorce? Divorce by bird? But first, craniectomy. None of that works. You know what? I'm leaving it in. Fuck you. 
I just want to quote from Chris here about not leaving egg, about not leaving eggs with her. Uh, we don't want to leave eggs with her because we both need a, fe- a male and a female to incubate it. I don't want to just take the eggs away because it would be somewhat traumatic for her. But also then she would just recycle in two weeks and lay more eggs. And we don't want her just to lay egg after egg. That would be really, that wouldn't really be healthy for her. So we have to give her replacement eggs that she can sit on. We give other cranes a wooden dummy egg, but she recognises that as fake and kicks it out of the nest. So we use a real crane egg that's infertile from years past. We drained out the yolk and filled it with plaster. So she has a real looking egg. She doesn't sit on it 24-7. She gets breaks if it's hot or raining. She gets more breaks. I'll go and stand by the nest and give her breaks. And she seems to know what that means. As long as I'm there, she feels safe walking away from it. He has to co-parent a plaster of Paris egg with a crane. As a job. Continuing on with the article. It says, despite his commitment to Walnut, Chris is still human and needs breaks himself from time to time. He says that when he goes away for days at a time, he does think she wonders where he is. Initially, when I would come out, when I would go away on vacation, like even for just three days, when I would come back, she would act like she didn't know me, like she was annoyed, the way a cat sometimes does. Now, no matter how long I go away, she's always happy to see me, but initially I would have to give her some mice and stuff like that. And then she would warm up and now she's fine. He's in a full-on relationship with his board. Although I am thinking, in a court, your spouse can't be compelled to give testimony against you, as far as I'm aware. This is not legal advice. But say, for example, somehow he did commit a crime and they had to get the board on the stand and they then lied under oath, but then somebody found out that the bird lied... Would that bird be committing burglary? I'm going to let that joke hang there for a minute. That's a cracker. I make no apology for it. Anywho, his efforts haven't gone in vain, to be honest. He's actually been able to have... They've been able to have a couple of chicks. Those chicks have gone on to have other chicks. So it is actually helping the breeding population of these cranes, which is fantastic. He then goes on to say that uh, I tell people that Walnut or I and I are grandparents. He's a gran- he's a step granddad to a lot of birds, which is just an absolute stunner. I want to just end off this portion of the podcast just by and I, you, you might want to sit down for this because I enjoyed this immensely. That Chris's surname is Crow. His name is Christopher Crow. Like the fucking bird? And he's married to a bird? Also, these birds live for uh, up to, I think it is, 60 years. Uh, This one, I think, is about 37. 35, 36, 37, somewhere in that range. He's 40. So for the rest of his working career, he will be married to this bird. So that's a good 9 to 5. Moving swiftly on. The banshee with the wet feet that lives at the bottom of my garden wanted to take one of the local geese kite surfing in Sligo. I attempted to hide under the stairs in the old market house, the red brick one built in the 1660s. I used all my tiny might to hold the thick green handle perpendicular to the ground so they couldn't remove my limpet self. Eventually I was the designated navigator. Months were spent planning the trip. I took Fridays off school to plan the route with maps borrowed and subsequently not returned from the library. 
No main roads for week, three companions. The main reason, of course, they hadn't been constructed yet. I taped songs on the radio, quietly cursing every time the bastard DJ spoke over the end of the song like a prick. After all the planning had been done, the Sidona and Fig Rolls bought and stored, we set off. In silence we sat at every given opportunity. Mile upon mile of silence. Until three months later. He was cooked. Glorious nonsense, spoken in hedgerows. They said it spread like milk through custard, and even cigarettes couldn't stop it. It's been great fun. He only cared about his tonsure anyway. One, three, four, nine. After hours of work with the combination lock. Unlocked a lock that unlocked nothing. Even though the high centre of gravity and angle of descent was nothing to do with me, the dog still got wet and she screamed bloody murder. Sure, we only sprayed it with water and not that milk cancer everybody had been crying about earlier. The Russians played at night. They gnawed on metal and threw sawdust all round them, all while the pale green stars waited patiently for their turn to fall back into the sea. They would keep their secrets. I have not been back to that unfinished cathedral in years. Maybe someone's finally done the sums and given the boys the thumbs up to get back to work. Sure, it'll be worth getting back to it. The children already shook up all the cans. But yeah, if anybody knows anybody who can make websites, uh, I want to make like an OnlyFans for people who are into feet, simply because I have a cracking title. You are what you feet. That's copyrighted. I've been to the patent lawyer. It's golden. We're going to make low-end, low-end guesstimation, 15 to 20 billion. I'm going to have that Zuckerberg money, baby. Uh, That and my other side business of the uh, men's deadlifting leotard. So I think it uh, gets rid of the whole issue of, you know, having to, like, baby t- talcum powder up your knees and stuff like that to get it up out of the way. Just keep the, the cut high, high cu- a nice high cut, and that'll, uh, you know, then you'll definitely know if everybody's locked out. And, uh, yeah, your giblets would be on show, so it would have to be a warm platform, obviously. If anybody needs me, I'll be at Comical Casey. Marty? isn't here so he's at at marty underscore kimbo we're at at the misgroove pod cast the gym is at at the liverpool strength co and we will be back probably quite soon with me and martin again i keep looking around his seat he's not here and uh yeah see you on the flip side so bye (laughs)